I'm going to read to you this morning. See, I, I, let's see what time it is here. I didn't get my time last week. Brad was too long. Worship was too long. So I just told him, I'm, I'm doing it today. Because I'm the preacher. I want to read to you today. <clears throat> There's nothing wrong with Brad being too long or worship that don't leave here. If they're offended, then they got issues. <laughs> Listen to this now. After what's transpired this week in the political scene, it's, it's discouraging. It's not that you deep down you know that this man had issues. <laughs> we know that. We just want to pick the lesser of the two evils. But when I look at this tonight, going into this tonight, it, it's just unbelievable. But it's because the church hasn't done its job. You can blame Trump. You can blame Clinton's. You can blame either party. But it's the church that has taken a back seat spiritually and hasn't prayed. And so we are dealing with the consequences of our apathy and our indifference. Does that mean it's too late? No. No, it's not too late. Look at the nation of Israel, folks. Read the Old Testament. How many times did they fall down on their face and miss it? But God is a God of mercy. Now listen to this word today. And this is from, given by uh, Hank Kuhneman, who is a prophet out of Omaha. And he's also a pastor. And I want to read the whole thing to you because... I don't want you to lose sight of the goodness of God in the midst of all that's going on around us. This year you will see my wondrous works. The nations and their leaders will be brought to my feet. I will break and restrain. Now this is the Spirit of God speaking. Restrain the weapons of man and the kings that hold them. I will cause certain wars to cease and others to wait, not allowing a preempting of that which the enemy desires. I will show the earth and my people that I am the Lord. Do not fear, for I am with you. Let that sink down deep into your spirit. Do not fear, for I am with you, and a host of heaven is being positioned to bring a heavenly assault that will shift things in favor for you and in the name of the risen Christ Jesus. Do not put your confidence in conspiracy theories and things being spoken that bring men to fear. I will lift my voice to speak and my hands to move where they will. I will burn certain weapons of the nations with fire while expose others to reveal my goodness. The earth for a season will be quieted and a restraint enforced where needed. This shall be my doing. I'm lifting my people whose heads have hung low and I will lift them up and shut them in from troubling chaotic events that will unfold it will be as i did with noah and his family shutting them in so i will do with them the mountains will be held in their place while others blow their tops with eruptions that reveal divine interruptions and disruptions have there been has been any of that wasn't there an earthquake somewhere a lot of rumbling in california It says, while others blow their tops with eruptions that that reveal divine interruptions and disruptions, the earth will shake at my whisper and be stilled by my eyes that hold it still. Now listen, 
I will be with my people through the propagating of fear and chaos in the earth and through the fierce battle that will arise in the political. (laughs) Have we seen a fierce battle? I will be known and seen through the violent storms, disruptive winds, fires, shakings, eruptions, and the gathering in the streets and protest. I'm lifting my voice to speak and my voice will be heard. The earth that is mine will yield my harvest and it will obey. So will the leaders and rulers of men. I will calm my people and show the earth that I, the Lord, am in control. Now listen, here we go. This is what I've been on for a long time. Let it be known that those who decree, speak, and look for my goodness will live swimming in my rivers of blessings and increase. So how many of you want to swim in God's rivers of blessing and increase? So we need to decree decree it, speak about it, and look for it. You will not be touched. You will not be moved from your place. I'm crowning you with my goodness and shutting you in and lifting you up. Now, that's a good word. In the midst of all that's going on around us, that is a, a wonderful word. So <clears throat> don't be distracted by all that's going on. It's just ridiculous. Makes no sense. But there is a God, and he is still on his throne, and he is still in control. Amen. Now, years ago, I want, we're going to go on, and, and I'm not going to review today, but I want you to realize that you have a responsibility to play. I have a responsibility if I want to experience the goodness of God. Now, some things God just does sovereignly. He just blesses. Every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. He's a wonderful God. And he'll bless his kids from time to time. How many of you ever blessed your kids? Just randomly blessed your children or your grandchildren. Why? Because you love them. But, but there's certain things that you and I can do as believers that will put us into position to receive God's goodness and God's blessings. Now, I'll, I'll never forget this. How many of you, when, when you were kids, how many of you can remember back when you were a kid? I know it's hard for Larry Nutter because it's been so long. Can you remember anything when you were a child that just blessed you that your parents did for you? Some of you maybe didn't have good moms and dads, so I'm sorry about that, but some of you did. And I've related this story and, and it comes to this time of year, and I never, ever, it, it's just, it comes with fall. And, and, you know, fall is in the air. And when I was in an elementary school, um, I can remember, you know, my, my parents were businessmen, and, and my dad was a businessman, and he worked all the time. But I'll, I'll never forget this. And a little boy walking, because we lived a block from school, walking home one fall day, and it was my birthday. You're my birthday. And, and I'll never forget coming down the hill to my house. And there I looked. I could see in the backyard. There was my father digging a hole in the ground. And I thought, what is he doing? Because my dad worked all the time. And he was digging a pit so we could have a fire for my birthday party. And I was in the elementary school. 
Talk about the goodness and the blessing of God. My parents were so good. And my dad was a busy man, but yet he took time and to think I'm going to be 59 years old and I still, that memory is so vivid. So parents and grandparents, remember, there are things that you can do for your kids, kids and grandkids that could, they could remember what you do for them 50, 60 years later. See how important that is? That's the goodness of God. But I do remember this story. And this, this is what I'm talking about. And I want you to see is you set yourself up for blessing. We were in the Methodist church. We grew up in the Methodist church. And my mother, I think it was around Easter time, and we weren't a special Good Friday service, and we were sitting in the back pew. And I can remember how little I was because I was standing in the pew. And I said to my mom, you know, I want to go to Hested's. How many remember Hested's? You remember, you remember they had a, where you could go to the counter? How many of you remember the drink called a Green River? God, where are you folks been? Green River. Don't you know the Green River? It's not an alcoholic drink. It was, a, it was like a mount, it was the Mountain Dew of its day. And I'll never forget my mother leaning over, and she said, Mike, little boy, see vivid memories. If you're good, I'll take you to Hastings and get you a Green River. Came in a big, tall glass. It was good. I'd drink one now if I had it. But you know what little Mikey did? Threw a tantrum in the back pew of the Methodist church. And I mean threw a tantrum. And my mother, she's, she probably went out and had a cigarette right after that because I, I caused my mother to smoke many times, especially into the teen years. My mother, that cigarette drawer would come open and she'd whip out her true cigarettes and be smoking them. And we got done in church, and she took me out, and I said, I want a green river. You're not getting a green river. Now, today, I suppose you'd think it's the parents' child abuse or whatever, but what it was was disobedience and rebellion on my part that shut the door to being blessed. And what I want to tell you today is you as believers and as children of God, if you and I will be obedient... And do some things. It'll set us up for the blessing of God. It will. And you need to understand that. And so let, look at Psalm thirty-one, nineteen. Never forgot, never forgot that fire incident, which was wonderful, and never forgot the Green River incident. That wasn't so wonderful. I can remember as a kid, I don't know, I'm on this today. My folks, I had to wear certain brown shoes because I'd had some issues. That It wasn't polio. My sister had polio, but I had wore braces as a child. I'd go to bed with braces on my legs. I can still remember how painful that was. And my mother said, now we got, you got new shoes and you're going to have to, you, you stay out of the mud. And I'll never forget going to school that day and coming home. My brand-new brown orthopedic shoes were covered with mud. And I, she, I, she says, I told you. I knew it. And she said, I'm going to have to spank you. And so I, you know what I did? I said, Mother, I have to go to the bathroom. So I sat on the pot stalling. And she says, you can sit in there as long as you want. <laughs> Nothing came out. I was just sitting there. And I got my butt tanned. Isn't that funny how you remember stuff like that? I don't know. 
See, that's two stories of disobedience on my part. And it ended up in pain. <laughs> Psalm thirty-one, nineteen. it says this, Oh, how great is your goodness, which you've laid up for those who fear you which you prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of man. The Amplified Bible says, laid up for those who fear, revere, and worship you. See, we added another element there. When we really fear God, we're going to be in awe of God to the point where we worship God. And the reason you get upset and discouraged when people don't worship God is because they don't fear God, Abe. If there was true reverential fear of God, we would worship him. The Message Bible says, what a stack of blessing you have piled up for those who worship you. I like that. (laughs) What a stack of blessing you've piled up for those who worship you. So fear in the Hebrew means to be afraid of someone or something. Sometimes we think of fear in the negative sense, but there's a positive side to this. It means to stand in awe of something or someone possessing great power, to revere someone. I feared my mother after she paddled my butt. My dad never laid a hand on me. I can never remember my father ever laying a hand on me, but my mama did. The fear of God is not a terror that he is against us or will strike without cause or warning. Now, this is where I left you last week, and this was just basically the introduction, but this is so important. This is such a vital truth because if you'll get a hold of it, it'll set you up to experience the goodness of God and a stack of God's blessings. Now, listen. Rather, the fear of the Lord produces wise, healthy actions. I've had that written down for years. Wise, healthy actions. Wise, healthy actions. Everyone say that. Wise, healthy actions. So if you and I each day will consider and and take wise, healthy actions, that's the fear of the Lord. And to fear the Lord means that one departs from evil. Simple. Simple. The fear of the Lord is the departing or leaving evil behind. Neither one of our candidates fears the Lord. That's just the truth. There's no fear there. They don't understand. If you're spiritually dead, you don't understand these things. Look at uh, Genesis chapter 22. I don't know if we'll get through all three of these, but we'll get through at least one or two. I'm going to go through the Bible here and give you specific examples of Bible characters that took wise, healthy actions. Wise, healthy actions. And here's the first one in Abraham. And I'm going to read it to you in Genesis chapter 22. We need to read it. Read it all so you understand the significance of of Abraham's obedience. 
And it says in verse 1, it says, It came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Now, go to verse 3. Is there anything between 2 and 3 where Abraham says, but? But! God! My only son! God! Lord, I can't do that! No, it just... (laughs) Verse 3, what are we talking about? The fear of God, which is what? Wise, obedient actions. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. What a type and shadow of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young man, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and what? Worship and I will come back to you. We, oh, that's such a profound, deep statement of faith. We will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. And then he said, Look, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for burnt offering. Wow. Talk about speaking and declaring your faith. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Man, that had to happen. You talk about kids today that go through issues. Their parents look at them twice or cross-eyed or like my mother paddling me. You know, I'm still remembering it, so I must still have issues. What do you think Isaac felt like? Do you think he remembered this incident? <laughs> no. I don't think he's going to I don't think Isaac remembered being on the wood. I think Isaac remembered the sacrifice that was provided in the ram. Abraham stretched out his hand, took the knife to slay his son, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. Now listen. For now I know that you what? Now I know that you fear God since you've not withheld your son, your only son from me. Talk about a test. He passed it. So here we we see that, you know, God the Father, he says, Now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. What kind of action did he take? Wise, obedient action. And that's what the fear of the Lord is. 
And then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horn. So Abraham went, took the ram, offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called Abraham a second time out of heaven. Now listen to this. What, did, what kind of action did he take? Wise, obedient action, healthy action. That's the fear of the Lord. And said, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have what? Done. Everyone say, done. What is done mean? Done means action. Because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Look at verse 17. Blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven, as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. And in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Now, we're talking about the goodness of God. And, and how God's going to crown the year with goodness. So how many of you have experienced the goodness of God this year? I've, I've experienced the goodness of God more this year than any year of my life. That's goodness. How about you? And what will set you up to experience that goodness is the reverential fear of God. Walking in the fear of God. Doing what God tells you to do. No buts. But. But this, but that. No, if God says do something, do it. There are a lot of Christians that aren't blessed financially because they don't get their lazy keister off the couch to go work. I had somebody the other day say, I had dreams of, of, me, of, of, of me preaching. And I looked at him and I said, uh-uh. No. I said, if, if you can't be consistent in your daily life and discipline your flesh, you're not going to be preaching. If you can't tithe and attend church consistently, you'll never be behind a pulpit. And that's just what I said to him. It's like I slapped him, Ron, right across him. It's the truth. It's the truth. If you and I aren't going to do what God's called us to do, and granted, he, he expects us, sometimes we take baby steps. He'll say, do this, and then we're obedient, and then we'll do this, and we're obedient. And then we really got to take a bigger step. But it's all the steps of a righteous man. The steps of obedience of a righteous man will lead you to experience God's goodness and blessings. Look at James chapter 2. James chapter 2. I want you, the people of Harvest Church, to experience the blessings of God and walk in the goodness of God and you're, you're crowned with the God's goodness. But you've got to see something. You can set yourself up or you can throw a tantrum in the back pew of the Methodist Church like I did and I didn't get what I wanted. And then I complain and whine and moan and groan because I didn't get it. Why didn't I get it? Because I was disobedient. If you're willing and obedient, you'll get your green river at Heston's. If you're not willing and obedient, you can go home and throw a fit. 
James chapter 2, verse 21, it says, Was not Abraham our father justified by what? Works. When he offered Isaac his son on the altar, do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now look at this. First, this is, this is wonderful. And he was called the what? Friend of God. God loves all his kids. You know, he still loves us when we're disobedient and rebellion, in rebellious, and even when we're in sin, he still loves us. That's good to know. And if we're faithful and just to confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's a wonderful God. But there's just something about his kids when his kids obey. And his kids do something. They, and, you know, the father says, would you do this and this? And we do this and this. It just pleases him. It's just wonderful when I go, Mike, will you mow the yard? He just goes and mows it. Granted, it's not always been that way. We all have kids. And granted, sometimes dad just lets it slide because I'm a good dad. Right? Tired, I know. Boring preacher. But when we obey, it just opens up the floodgate. That's why we, we tell you, and, and share with you about tithing because that's an act of obedience. That's an obedient action. And the reason we want you to tithe is not because I put it in my back pocket and I take a trip to the Bahamas every year. I don't even want to go to the Bahamas. But it's because the Bible, the Father requires it of his children to give 10%. And because of that, he rebukes the devourer for our sake and the windows of heaven are open and his goodness comes pouring out upon us. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop there. I got more, but I'm going to take it slow because I really want this to sink in. I really want this to sink down deep into your spirit. How you can experience the goodness of God and the blessing of God. And I'll I'll end this with a story. I've been full of stories today. This is about my oldest boy, Caleb. And I've told this story, but it just is so good. When we had a a friend that had an antique co-op out north of town, and she was such a sweet lady and and every time we'd go out there, Caleb, when he was a little boy, she, she had candy. And my oldest boy, he likes candy like his dad. He likes sugar. And every, you know, we'd go out there and she'd give him candy. Well, one day we were out there. And he was a little boy. He's, Caleb's sharp. And he was standing behind Kathy. And here came this, this old gal with. He knows she had the candy. And he didn't stay behind Mama. He kind of moved out from behind Mama and walked in front of Mama. Why? 
so that sweet little old lady could see him because he knew the candy was coming. He knew the goodness was coming. And I'm just trying to get you to the point where where you'll step out, put yourself in position to receive the goodness of God. And it comes through walking in reverential fear and worshiping him. Amen.